Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, niggas and crackers, guys, gals, and, and non-binary pals, hot girls and city boys, saints and ain'ts, and, and all our Harlem family, family. Welcome, welcome to your very own podcast. Salutations, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Harlem's very own The Rona Records. I am, as always, your illustrious co-host, Justin Winley, a.k.a. Remy LeBeau, a.k.a. Shaolin Funk, a.k.a. How You Like Me in My Do-Rag, joined by my boy. Yo, what's up? It's Jude, a.k.a. Jamron, a.k.a. The Battalion Stallion, a.k.a. Your Friendly Neighborhood Spider Nigga. What's up? <laughs> and we have returning our uh, basically semi-official tenured other <laughs> what's up um, sis what up it's a brill hailing from the kingdom of corona queens that is it's the queen of quarantine the original wheezy but i still got my mask on though <laughs> curls a lady in the streets a freak in the google sheets love it mocha hauntis the afro latina princess guess what dominicans you're black that's Ooh. how i'm believing <laughs> Spicy, spicy, uh, and important. Um, we, we are joined by three guests for a, an awesome episode today. They're going to go ahead and introduce themselves. Three talented guests. My name is Jasmine Luperana, a.k.a. Jazzy, a.k.a. The Backbend Babe, a.k.a. Mrs. On a Mission. Period. Period. <laughs> hey. Thanks for joining us, Jasmine. Up next. Uh... My name is LD. You already know what it is. AKA Acito Ventura. AKA Long Island Red. AKA <laughs> your grandmother's favorite young strapping man. Oh, AKA good. that nigga. It's a pleasure <laughs> being with you. I'm glad you're my grandma's favorite. <laughs> hey. And Yo. finally, uh, what's up, everyone? I'm Orma Ah, AKA Orange T, AKA Where's Brown Buddha, AKA Jazz One. Beautiful to have all of you on. Um, so the title of today's episode is Wrapping It Up. And um, we have three recording artists who skew and, and uh, favor rap, but um, all of them, I'm sure, are multi-experienced when it comes to recording music. Um, I guess, actually, one of the AKAs I forgot up top is Reference. For those of you who don't know, I also record music on the side. Um, but I really wanted to bring some folks together. You know, Jude and I thought it would be cool to talk about like, okay, we're in quarantine, but people still feel like making art. So how are we, you know, how are we doing that? What are the, what are the vibes um, in that regard? So uh, just to open it up with, uh, with a question and whoever wants to take this can. I know for my um, musical journey, like there are several people who inspire me, um, but there was only, there was like, not, yeah, there was, there was one specific artist that like made me realize I can do what I want to do the way I want to do it. Um, and that was her. When I was listening to her original mixtapes um, back in like 2017, and I was so like, I just loved everything. Like the, the music itself was great and the lyrics and everything, but also her whole like um, image, the fact that she didn't have an image and like she was silhouetted and you had to kind of, um, your, your first introduction to her was through her music. 
So even down to the idea of like wearing those shades, like the tints that reference wears, I, I, that was heavily, you know, um, interpolated to use a music term from her. So to ask the three of you, is there a specific artist that like you, that you latched onto that kind of galvanized like, okay, I'm going to do music because this person showed me how to do it the way I want to do it. If that's a clear question. <laughs> um, well, I, I can, I could definitely say for me um, that it was probably around like sophomore year of high school and when like Joey Badass and the whole like uh, whole pro era came out, it was, it was revolutionary, man. Because I was just, at that point, I had really just started seriously making music and, you know, it wasn't even serious. Amir was dragging me to the studio because he knew I, I could spit, but it's like- Shouts out to friend of the show, Amir Royale. He's been and on the I episode. And I heard that and I was like, yeah, that's my man right there. He holds it down. But seriously, if it wasn't for Joey Bad, I don't ever think I would have realized that like, I could really just get out here and like say what I want and not give a fuck on some grimy shit. Hmm. So what joy about that song? It was the whole uh, 1999. It was the whole 1999. Okay. Gotcha. Like that whole mixtape changed my perspective on music. So if it wasn't for that first mixtape, then I wouldn't think in the way I think. For real. Mm. That's a good choice. Or Jasmine. My top favorite artist of all times is definitely Kendrick Lamar. Um, I, I love him already. To, <laughs> yo, I grew up listening to his music and not only listening to his music because his flows and ebbs are so beautiful, but also just his lyricism, like the meanings behind it. I would literally stay up to like 4 a.m. on Genius, literally scrolling, looking at every different annotation, like, oh, this means this. Oh, and no makeup today. He was referencing this other track. Like, I just think his symbolism, his storytelling, his lyricism is so beautiful. So I aim to do that in my music as well, too. And also the fact that he's just like, not even a positive person, but a genuine person. He's really someone who, who shares his ideas with the world in a way that can't transform the world. And uh, I remember that. <laughs> and what project got you? I'm sorry, Justin. No, no, go ahead. But what project got you? Um, definitely OD, Overly Dedicated. Um, mm. I think that was such a, such a dope release. The fact that he calls it an EP, but there's so many songs and he's like, nah, my fans are overly dedicated. I'm overly dedicated to them. This is what I'm gonna give them. And that, that very project right there has so many gems, so many yeah. gems. It's, it's, it's interesting you mentioned Kendrick because the, I didn't really, the first rap album I, I listened to front to back was Good Kid, Mad City. And there was, there's like Justin, before that and Justin after that. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 one of those albums that just like it it totally changes like your perspective and especially on the genre like because I didn't grow, I I grew up in a Christian home so I wasn't mm -hmm. listening to rap music. I missed out pretty much honestly some like one of my biggest blind spots when it comes to music is everything from like 1989 to like 2010 as far as like R&B and hip hop I just that just wasn't what I was listening to except for like Keisha Cole and some Mary J Blige albums that my dad wouldn't get rid of, <laughs> um, you know, that he would play in the car. Um, but so I really didn't have an idea what rap was per se. Um, and I listened to Kendrick and I was like, oh, this is what it can be. 
you know, not even what it should be, because that's like, that can be, that's a debate, but what it can be is this like, I mean, it's, it's like you're listening to a, an audiobook, you know, um, so I, I 100%. Uh, I was just going to say that yeah. I feel like listening to Kendrick is like reading a book. Like it, there's so much, there's so, so many layers to it. And that's why I think that it's such a, it, he feels like a very educational person. Like, you know, like his lyrics should be taught like in schools sometimes. Honestly. I think they are. They are. They already are in colleges. <laughs> or? Uh, for me, you know, it started like, ninth grade 10th grade when I was just like kind of trying to study hip-hop because my brother he's a jazz drummer but he also like just always played music around us so when I started hearing like Q-Tip and like Tropical Quest like Jay Dilla those those Q-Tip and Jay Dilla really put on heavy on like taking these jazz records and then making them totally into hip-hop so I think that's what definitely instilled that love for it and that's what made me want to make beats at first I was just like I want to do that I want to be able to hear a record, flip it, and turn to something that I want, you know? Yeah. But definitely Kendrick and Joey, like, when I got into college, then I really was like, I was like, oh, wait. They're like, <laughs> they, they they made me want to rap then. That's what made me want to rap. Yeah. You know, and add my story. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned your, your brother being a jazz drummer and that being kind of your entry to music because that's very evident in your music. I listen to um, your uh, uh, songs that I make songs I like. Is that what it's called? I, like. I make music I like, yeah. Um, and that whole thing is just like you're rapping over jazz beats. There was one point, I, it sounded like Kenny G was yeah. on the saphone. <laughs> That's basically what it was, like Kenny G. <laughs> you were rapping, and I was like, yes, I love it. Um, yeah, so okay, that's, I, I wanted to ask that question just to open up, and then I'll throw it to Jude for the next one. But I thought that, um, you know, it was important because I think that we all kind of have, like, as much as we are all kind of walking uh collages of everything we've experienced and consumed uh we all have one person that was like that's my north star you know what i mean that's who yeah. can that's who really got me started on this and it's lauren hill for all of us too so <laughs> i i don't agree with that oh no i can't he said she's Damn. late to all her concerts. She didn't write her own songs. <laughs> you know, me and my brother, we saw her live and we left. We were like, yo, we don't really like this. We dipped. <laughs> we she left. broke up the Fugees. <laughs> no. Oh, man. That's crazy. Oh, man. We'll, we'll get back That's to that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I told you. All right. Uh, something I wanted to ask was, what does musicianship mean to you? Um, because... Rapping is a skill and rapping is an art. Your voices are your musicians. People, a lot of rappers, I feel like, only see themselves as just rappers writing their lyrics and busting out their songs, but not really the art and the practice of just rapping. They don't see themselves as musicians as a whole. What does musicianship mean to y'all? Heavy. That's a heavy question. Jude dropping bombs over here. <laughs> I'm a philosophy oh, major, man. I'm deep sometimes. <laughs> I can go. Um, what does musicianship mean to me? It's painting. It's like there's colors and like each instrument is a different color. Each melody is a different color. And like you just have to find the colors that blend well or the colors that don't blend at all and then just put them on the paper there. Because sometimes people try to make music that fits so much that it's like 
why would I listen to this if there's 30,000 other tracks like this? So I think it's really cool when artists like mix up a vibe or like do like political trap music. Like I think that's so fire. And yeah, I feel like musicianship is about um, finding the blend or finding ways to disrupt. <laughs> like that finding ways to disrupt. Can you elaborate more on finding ways to disrupt? Yeah, so um, like for example, if someone were to do like, shout out to Dope Goddess. I have a friend who did a trap song about um, sexual assault and about like no means no. Like if I tell your ass no, then your ass gotta go. I'm sorry, I don't know if we could curse here, but. <laughs> yeah, you good, you good. Okay, you okay. curse okay. all the time, it's fine. But, yeah. I curse like a drunken sailor. I got it from my mama, love me mama. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dope Goddess because it's things like that that just like bring in like like the disruption or like like when I when I come on stage and I'm like wearing a very pretty dress with high heels and then I start raging and I start talking about what's the nine to five when I got billions on my mind and people were like expecting me to just like sing at first. So I think it's just I think like the surprise and the disruption just comes from an inside nature of like like not conforming to society and wanting to be pushing the box at all times. I remember that about you though. When I when I went to your birthday uh, party, your birthday concert in Brooklyn, um, and you pulled up in this like in this dress, and it's like sparkling, and you got like these these six inch heels on, um, <laughs> you know. And so I'm thinking, like, I mean, I already knew like by that point you'd release different, which is you're singing on that song, but then you also rap for another large portion of it. Um, but I hadn't heard your other stuff by that point. So I definitely got that. And I think the crowd did too, of like, yeah, I'm here. Like, I don't have to look masculine as a woman to rap, you know, which yeah. I think is like, um, that's another thing to discuss potentially. But Thank you. yeah, how about uh, LD and, and, and or, or either of you have, um, uh, what does musicianship mean to you? Um, you know, uh, I remember my, one of my theater professors was saying like how art is a shattered reflection of what you see, hear, and like experience within the world. So I think definitely citizenship is just you taking what you see and what you hear and what you like going through in your life and like trying to reflect that into a certain type of medium, like if it's rapping or making beats or painting, you know, being an actor, all of those, they all go into how you're trying to reflect this image that you see, you know? That's what I think musicianship is. And what Jasmine said about disrupting, I love that because I just saw this uh, quote, I don't know who said it, but they were like, art can't be neutral. It only can transform or keep the status quo. So I'm like, my music, I wanna make sure that I'm not just keeping up with the status quo because right now the world, we can't go back to being normal. So I'm like, I wanna make sure my art is pushing that, pushing against all the negativity that we go through within this world. So yeah, that's what I think, that's what I'm trying to do with my art. Nicely said. I definitely want to piggyback off both of y'all because those are two great answers. Um, the colors that Jasmine mentioned and like the sense of where you mix colors to kind of find which a blend is, that's kind of how I feel about Because before I rap, I was a singer as a kid. And then I thought that was what I was going to do. And then I started playing the guitar. And then I thought that was what I was going to do. And then in high school, I started rapping. And then now that's what I do. Like, I had no idea I would come to this. But it's always been about taking my feelings and taking my emotions ever since the first time I was inspired to sit down and write a song. Taking that and trying to put them together so that not only they could 
translate to other people's ears so that I'm not the only one understanding it, but so that it makes something like new and beautiful. I don't want it to be like, you know, you don't just take this, there's a couple primary colors, just like there's only seven chords in music. But when you add embellishments and you know what I'm saying, you add the add nine or something like that and you, you mess around with it. Now you got a chartreuse. Now you got, a, you know what I'm saying, a turquoise or something. It's a color that wasn't there before. And that's really the whole point. It's like, and, and, and I'm happy now that I have a few different things that I can mix because I feel like that just helps to make my music more diverse. I can add a guitar riff. I might sing over right. a hook. So music yeah. is just about diversity and expressing yourself, man. That's, that's about, that's what musicianship is about. The audience oh, yeah. can't see or hear this, but Jasmine is snapping up a storm for that whole response. <laughs> um, uh, that's the cool thing about um, artists is that y'all y'all can all build off of what, each other's analogies, which lends itself to my next question because it's about collaboration. Um, I'm the king of segues. Uh, so, Word. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, is um, I wanted to ask, like, just getting specifically now into into the Rona. Um, the question is, is collaboration more important to you than, than before uh, COVID, less, or has there been no change? Um, and what are some of the ways that you go about collaborating? Because I feel like sometimes, honestly, in, in my experience, feature is like a dirty word. Like if you tell somebody you wanna like, oh bro, like let me, let me like feature on this track or I want you to feature on my track, it's like, uh, why would I, <laughs> why would I do that? And it's this sort of, I guess in people's heads, they feel like there's some sort of hierarchy where it's like a feature means that, you know, it, 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 people feel like they're being used in a way, maybe is the only way I can think of it. It's like, okay, you want me to feature on your song because I have something that you don't. Therefore, I have the power in this situation or whatever. That's what it feels like to me. And it's kind of frustrating because like, it's like, no, I just want to make something cool. Yeah, you're, I thought of you. And if someone thinks of me for something, I'm, I'm flattered that I came to mind because it means that my skill set, whatever it is that I have, you know, they came to me for it. But um, I'm rambling too much. Does the question make sense? Like, how, like the collaboration, how was that process pre-COVID? Has it changed now? Um, and what are your thoughts about it overall? Um, I think I, I, I overthought that a lot about collaboration because at first starting as a producer, you know, I was just hitting up random rappers like, oh, look, I got beats. Like, come on, let's work to get each other. And I saw that that didn't really work. So now how I approach collaboration now is just more friendships. You know what I mean? Before I even start making music, just hanging out with them. Like we go to a show or we just even like they'll come to my house, be in my studio, but we don't even make any music. We just talking. So that when you do start making the music, you start to like, that's when you really start, you know, um, understanding each other and how like we can help each other, you know? Um, like currently I'm working on a duo album with one of my friends that we grew up with each other. And like before we never thought we would be a duo, but after years of being in this music together, now we're like, oh yeah, let's just make a duo album. Like we're very comfortable with each other. We understand our sounds. And that's what I think, that's what I've been focused on just like friendships. And like the relationship with each other other than just being like oh get on the track you know I, I'm following suit by raising hands now makes sense so I don't judge me but I actually have been like more of a recluse since COVID like I find it really hard to collaborate with people especially because it's 100% digital now it's not like I can't really meet anybody face to face safely but it's not like I'm opposed to the idea of collaborating. It's more of the fact that this time alone 
has made me realize where I'm lacking as an artist. And it's like, I can't fully contribute to someone else's uh, idea and vision until my shit is complete. And I'm filling in the gaps. It's not like I'm missing a whole section, but it's like, you could work on that. And that could be a little bit sharper so that when you bring it to a table, it's like, okay, you work with something. It's not just scraps. Yeah, that's, that's really, that's really good. I, um, I recently had the opportunity, there's a, this singer named Duran Bernard, um, and he, you'll hear him on um, Kay Trinata's new album. He also, when Ari Lennox released like her three remix songs, he hopped on uh, the remix of FaceTime. Really um, great singer, R&B, neo-soul type of vibe. Uh, he posted something on Instagram back in April, uh, kind of like a, a, uh, an all points bulletin to underground artists to send their stuff to him uh, because he's looking for people to collaborate with. So I put together a little pitch package for him and sent it to him as reference. Uh, my two songs that are out and one that's unreleased. And it had been a minute and I was like, well, you know, at least you tried or whatever. Then um, about three weeks ago, I was like, well, you know, he probably got a lot of emails. I mean, he's not like, you know, he's not like tank famous or usher famous, but he has like 187 followers. And, and yeah, Tank Famous is a different level. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure he, his inbox got flooded. Um, and then the week after that, I got, an, I got a response from him. Um, and he was like, hey, like, loved your email, da, da, da. In my opinion, like, these are some things you could work on. But, you know, let me know when you get everything together and I'll be here. Like, there's no time limit. Um, and then I went the, the one step further and I was able to get on, like, uh, the phone with him it helped me realize where specifically the gaps are in what I make, you know, and like what, um, cause it's that tough balance as an artist. And I'm sure like, you know, any of you could speak to this where you want to make stuff that you enjoy and you want to make stuff that feels good to you, but you're also aware that like, there's a formula to this. And at the end of the day, like sometimes the thing that you think is cool, like not everyone's going to get it, <laughs> you know, like some stuff has to be an inside joke in, in, in a sense. So exactly like, like certain things about your, you know, so for me, like I take a lot of pride in, in writing my own lyrics and stuff, but because my background is in poetry, I have a tendency to overindulge the lyricism in music. And that can like, so it's like when you're making a song, like it has to be catchy. Like that's, that's, Rule number one, like I have to be able to tap my foot to it or something. If I can't listen to it, what's the point? So that was something that he helped elucidate for me among other things. And it's like, yeah, I mean, people are aware of that. Even at this level, whatever level we're all at in this group chat, you know, um, people, if as we're looking for collaborations, you know, we, everyone I think is protective of their art, you know, and who they co-sign themselves with and how they represent themselves. And I don't think anyone really wants to, wants to put themselves forward if they can't do the best that they, they can. COVID kind of just made us like slow down and start to actually look at things for what they are rather Absolutely. than kind of just speak by, grab opportunities as fast as we can without really preparing. It kind of made us realize that, you know, there are things that we could work on ourselves. Yeah. So blessing and curse, but gradually. I wanted to know what's up um, with April, how she's taking all this in, what she's thinking about, she's had any, any questions for any of the artists on, on the uh, on the cast. Yeah. Jude is such an ally. He'd be seeing his <laughs> representatives and he's like, speak up, ma. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, absorbing all this because I'm not in music at all. And I'm not artistic. I'm, I'm not good at a lot of things. 
Um, but I, I really liked what Or was talking about in terms of like collabing with people that you have to get to know them first. And I think that's really applicable. Um, cause I'm a nine to five bitch. So it's very <laughs> applicable to like the, you know, like the, you know, in other industries where, you know, I go to networking events and I'm like, Oh my God, this person just wants to like connect with me on LinkedIn, see who, who, you know, like they're just using me or they want right. to, whatever it is. Um, it feels very shallow, fake and, and gross. I don't like it. Um, but when you actually take the time to like get to know people, um, and there was like a, there was like a phrase that somebody told me once where it was like, you have to like, uh, water water your asparagus farm asparagus something like that because asparagus takes a long time to grow like takes like two years or something Mm -hmm. um and so it's like you have to like take you know nurture a relationship with someone before you create work with them or you try to uh network with them because then you actually get to know them as a person where you know what they're looking for and where you can fit in in that picture um and something else that i've learned too is that um you know, do favors for other people. Like people remember like people who do favors for them. Cause a lot of times people are out there like, Oh, what can this person do for me? What can this person do for me? If you actually go out there and you're just like, I'm not going to expect any favors back. I'm, you know, it's kind of like when you lend money, like if you're going to lend somebody money, expect that they're never going to give it back to you. Just go out and lend money and lend not literally, you don't got money. Don't do <laughs> but you know, like lend yourself to start other people. divvying up that stimulus check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, but, uh, you know, I think that those are really great um, lessons to learn, and I think honing, I think this time alone, too, like, what you were saying, LB, um, about, like, just kind of, you know, seeing, like, where your skill sets are, and where you're, where you need work, um, you know, and whatever it is that you do, I think that, like, this alone time is, like, a great place to do that, um, and, you know, and it's a good practice to have even after everything goes back to like, not normal, but like whatever normal becomes, like, it's good to set that time aside to be like, all right, let me do a, a reflection on what, you know, where I'm at, what I'm doing, where I could improve. Um, but yeah, no, I'm absorbing it all. Great stuff. Absolutely. That was dope. Um, Jasmine, how, what's collaboration looking like for you right now? collaboration for me right now um comes in different forms even like organizing as well too because you know we're in like revolution times right now Mm -hmm. um as far as music right now i'm actually currently working on a project um and that project is doesn't have no collaborations except for one but it's a surprise so i can't say it you try you try (laughs) to do you try to do j cole go double plat with no features (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's gonna your name backwards, right? <laughs> no, um, it's literally, um, like I was saying, I feel like I'm in the in this this album, this EP, this project is something that's like literally me pouring into like my toning of my crafts and like the different messages that I want to get across in very different ways and genres. And I've I've always often said, um, not not for like the sake of being pompous but literally for the reasons that al is is speaking of that um i won't i won't technically do any like features with people until i have like my ep out so that way i can have my my own sound my own um like just my my own me out because i I only have three i have 
three songs out right now on Spotify, four on like all all platforms. Um, but I, I know and I love music and I know that I still have work and I definitely want to do the work, put in the work, put in the time, put in the hours. And yeah, I did a fun collaboration though called On a Mission, which I had a whole bunch of different people joining in and collaborating. And that was super fulfilling. That was like the most um, blessed thing that I've done in a while. Mm -hmm. um, and even just having the, on, I mean, the in-person cipher of that, it, I felt like I was literally collaborating with every artist. Like I would, like some artists uploaded on SoundCloud, some did it on YouTube. And I would like listen to them on like my commute. Like I really loved, loved their verse on it. So that's to me with the collaboration in itself with mm. the world. So I feel, I feel blessed. I feel like collaboration is important and um, yeah, tone your skills. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I've heard that before too. Like that idea of not wanting to feature on something until you have your own image and sonic identity kind of um, solidified. Abril? Um, yeah, I, I had a question and that was, uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to, you know, be the segue queen here too, because you mentioned J. Cole, we mentioned collaboration, and then there's this whole thing with like, J. Cole, right, that song that he came out with, and he was kind of like, you know, attacking no name without attacking her and then no name coming we'll get back get into the spice even, <laughs> yeah I, I i brought the spice you know i brought the the, the sasson <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's funny because i had a conversation with my brother about this like how because i didn't know what was going on and i was just seeing the memes and you know when you see the memes you have to like go to the source you gotta go do all that research and then come back um and it it felt weird because it it's unlike J. Cole because this that seems like something that he cares about is like the movement is the is what's going on. And then to waste time, like, you know, and I think that this is something that happens even like in, in real life, um, like outside of music, uh, is um like when women speak up about, you know, like Jasmine, like what you're saying about like the revolutions here, they were speaking up and Black women often are the ones who are in the front lines talking about it, doing the work and whatever. And and it's weird to have like, um, it feels weird because I think guys sometimes take that as like, you're attacking me personally, or you're like, a, you know, like it, if we're like telling you, oh, we gotta do the work, we gotta do the work. Yeah, guys, like, get, men, are, men are sensitive. Yeah, we just yeah, try to act like know, we're not. <laughs> thugs need, need hugs too. Um, <laughs> But uh, I thought it was a really interesting conversation and I wanted just to bring it up about kind of like how male and female artists in hip hop and rap can collab with each other respectfully because, you know, even like, like Cardi's like an example, like where people, you know, Cardi's now the person that people want her featured doing the rap part while the guys are doing the singing part. And that's mm. not something you really saw years ago. Um, you know, where you could still have guys doing the singing parts, you know, like people used to make fun of Drake for being like a singer kind of and all that. So I think like even just like women and men kind of dipping into the different sides of like rap music and hip hop music and then how they can support each other. Um, that's kind of like the topic I wanted to bring up. Hmm. Fire. Anybody have anything to spin off from that? Yeah, I would say um, 
the way that we can like collaborate um, respectfully is just to lead with love and understanding, um, recognizing your privilege, recognizing if you have light skin privilege, if you have male privilege, if you are um, straight, that's a privilege as well too. And like just moving in knowledge and understanding of that. Um, Cause personally, um, I've had people who have asked to like collaborate on things, but their music like is not the most um, loving on women. And I'm like, I can't, I, that's not, this is not where it's just not gonna work out right now. Um, so just being respectful of people's ideals, um, their, their life, their, who they are, their identity, respecting people's identity, respecting them as a human. Um, and I do believe it's, it's cool that we can have the singers, the rappers, and the male, females collaborate and non-binary people in between, yeah. Beautiful. I think uh, J. Cole, he kind of showed us, which I've He's been behind. Like, yeah, I was, I've been saying, <laughs> I've been very critical, like his last couple. I, I'm, I've been saying like, yo, he sounds like a guy that's not really, you know, like studying and like really understand because now he's getting kind of repetitive. Mm-hmm. So when he came out and to have like, oh, I'm trying to police no name and how she goes about with the revolution. That's when I was like, oh, I've called this. I've seen this. And he's like, I don't really read a lot. I'm like, that's your problem. You're not even trying to arm yourself with information. So you're moving with assumptions and how you feel. And to your point, or did we not on episode four, Abril and Jude, I think it, it might've been Abril, you mentioned that like, when we did the big three, one's gotta go, that like yeah. Cole feels like he's, he's starting to repeat himself. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's, it's yeah. he's not really like invent, cause he's not, he's not like the artiste that like Kendrick is mm-hmm. and then like then you have Drake on the other hand who's still making music for high schoolers even though he's 40 <laughs> so because he likes high school Jay Cole just reminds me of well do with a Malcolm X pendant that don't read <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean like Jay Cole hand, to me is starting to feel like it, it like he's the preacher but he, there's no one there like there's no one at the, at yeah. the, at the church like it, you can't <laughs> Like Juice he, face. I don't like to me. If it, it's like calling calling the kettle black, like how are you gonna? You literally tell people all the time, like to be more woke and to understand the issues and all this stuff. Like, how can you take what No Name is saying as an attack on you? And that should be a lesson to read more. Like, I, I don't think she said anything. But like, when you're telling someone to go you know, like to learn, to read, to do all these things. That's so important to do, you know, like. It was so like, the whole thing was passive aggressive. I mean, No Name tweeted like, y'all are, you know, basically where y'all favorite black millionaire rappers at when they built their whole careers off of talking about, you know, uh, the the struggle. Um, People assumed she was like, they can't even, she's like, she said almost verbatim, like can't even be bothered to put up a tweet. People assumed she was talking about people like Cole and Kendrick, but Cole and Kendrick had been seen in the streets by that point, like actually protesting. So that's cool. And if I'm Cole and I see that, I mean, well, obviously if I'm Cole, I wouldn't do this because he did what he did. Um, But if I'm me, I guess I should say, and if that applied to me, you know, or if I thought that it applied to me, I would just keep it pushing because what I was saying when that whole thing happened, I was like, revolution shouldn't be a rap beef. Like, why are you going to get in the studio? Why are you going to get in the studio and be like, all right, guess I gotta show. I guess I gotta show y'all who's boss because you tried. Yeah. You tried to come for me. Like I feel like no even for her to respond to it. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. 
I think her response, I think that was her instinctive reaction because what do, especially like a very male-dominated fan base, what do they want to see? They want to see beef. Right. And then they want to see a response. So she responded, but I really ref, uh, re respect the fact that she took it back. She was like, you know what? That was immature of me to respond, and I didn't have to, and I didn't need to. And she, you know, like, I think even, like, the proceeds are going to something or whatever. Yeah. To me, it's, like, one of those things where if the shoe fits, fine. But no one is telling you, fits. like, if you, like, I don't care about if, j cole tweets or Ken, if kendrick tweets or whatever if they're actually doing the work like jay-z i don't care about him tweeting if he's putting in mad money into bail funds to like support people and to get people out of jail like people i think people have to understand like the work looks very different and you could do the work in so many different ways exactly. as long as you're doing it like if they were doing nothing then that would be a problem to me but i don't know it was pretty interesting it's yeah i mean and 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 to to make that point in a tweet you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you could get into the weeds about it, but you know, I mean, I will say just on a, on a musical level, No Name's track kind of slapped more. Um, <laughs> and it was only a minute. She kind of, she kind of bodied him in 60 <laughs> seconds. Uh, if it was I, supposed to be a rap beef, but it's not. I was like, why don't y'all just pick up the phone? Like, you Nicole, know, why don't y'all do a versus battle except it's you having a conversation with each other? Because like Jasmine said, that's where we need to start. We need to recognize the privileges that we have. We need to recognize that the black woman, like Malcolm X said, is the most disrespected, unprotected woman in America, um, person in America. Uh, I don't know the full quote. but I was the whole fucking world, dude. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and we need to recognize that, like, because J. Cole, he sat down with, who was it? Like, Lil Pump. Lil Pump and had an hour long conversation with someone that he knew wasn't going to get anything, but he just talked to him because yeah, it's like, but you know what? That could be a power move because he knows that he's smarter. He knows that he had like, so he's going to look smarter in that. So it's in like, that scenario, it, but if he does it with no name, he's going to get schooled. It's a big exactly. little brother thing. You know, it's, it's weird. I feel like that could have been a conversation they had privately, not on Twitter, but yeah. Um, I miss when people niggas shot at each other. <laughs> You know, like no, we just... no, we don't. Do that. <laughs> I am not. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's it's again like like rap beefs can be fun, you know, but only when Pursued. they're not about something as important as like literal lives, you know. Um, so yeah, I, that was a good that was a good um, question, Abrilla. I appreciate you asking that. Um, Jude, we can go to yours, your second one now. Um, something I wanted to know was, what are you guys af most afraid of as artists? What are you most scared of when making your music, putting it out? Um, just what, what, what are you afraid of? Wow, here comes a philosopher. <laughs> Jude, how have you, I'm sorry, before anyone answers that, how, is no, how have none of your AKAs been like a play on one of the Greek philosophers? We gotta figure oh. that out, like... Uh, Poppy Plato could be Poppy Plato. There we go. <laughs> oh, you just come up with that sexy. off the dome. No? Off the dome. <laughs> off the dome. Yo, wait, 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 wait. Sexy Socrates. Um, Yo, oh, it's over. It. Or Senor it's Socrates. Over. <laughs> it's over. Justin, why do you do that? <laughs> My girl over here dying. Like <laughs> off the dome. That's how we do it on HBO. But yeah, so so that's a good question. What are y'all? What are y'all phobic about when it comes to your art? Um. Well, I mean, I have, like, two different things that are in, like, two separate categories for me, but they are both fears directly related to my music. One 
is that it's just a really ridiculous thing, but I fear that I'll one day develop like extreme arthritis in my hands and I won't be able to play any instruments anymore. And that's like one of my worst fears physically. But um No, nah, that's legitimate. That's like yeah. That's legitimate, nah, for real. Like, when I feel pain in my joints, I, like, a tear almost comes out of my eyes. Like, one day, I won't be able to do it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, my fear, like, for my music is that it's, it's not, that I feel like that's why I work on it so hard, because I don't, I wish for my music to not be perceived in the wrong way. And not in a sense where, like, you know, it's art. So, however your perspective deems to, like, you know, see my view of things like that's that's okay but at the same time i don't want it to be so skewed that i i kind of like you know just threw shit together so wild that people can take anything from it i want them mm -hmm. to take a very not so specific but from like from a section yes. of topics i want you to choose from my music that's i don't want it to important. be just yeah. anything it's got to be some type of directed i yeah, like some interpretations are just straight up wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. like that is not what I meant at all. Yeah. I'm not trying to be Picasso, bro. That's the last thing I'm trying to be. Not for real. I feel you. Or or jazz. Um, my biggest fear is uh is not being clear, you know? Like not when I make music, I have a certain message I'm trying to get across. And I don't want people to misperceive that or misunderstand what I'm saying. And the second fear is like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. But like when you're performing, like, I don't want. Um, bubble guts? No, not bubble guts. It's not like about nervousness, but it's just about. <laughs> Important. <laughs> like, li I love live shows. And that's what makes me like really a fan of an artist. So when I perform, I, mm -hmm. that's my fear. of I don't want to be done. And people are like, well, who was that? Like, what was he talking about? We didn't understand anything. And I'm just like, okay, this was a pointless show. No one even understood my music. Or they didn't like, I don't want to, yeah, I just don't want to get on stage and not be, um, not be accepted. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And I, I don't like, I don't, feel, I, don't, I don't know if that's shallow, but it's just, uh, you get on that stage. I it's just, honest. It's not shallow. You, you want to feel that, that energy. You want to feel the cheers. You want to feel that. But if it doesn't come, like, that's a big fear of mine. Yeah. Performing and everyone just looks at you like, I don't know what he just did. He can leave. That's right. Me. Yeah. Yeah, man. One and time me and my mom laughed this dude off stage once. <laughs> it was so, nah, me and, on, so, man. like, this would happen. And, Jazz, I need you in a second, but this is a wild-ass story. So, there was this dude... <laughs> who was playing the drums and he's like, this is dedicated to my baby girl. And he puts his mouth on the drums and starts blowing in it. <laughs> He'll be like, <laughs> so weird shit. <laughs> and me and my mom were crying. Hey, yo, hey, yo, <laughs> wait. And my mom was wait. like, cover my flag on the play. <laughs> <laughs> Did what? <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm like, like blowing raspberry, like yeah, blowing raspberry, like, just like that on the on the drum, like it was a baby. <laughs> no, like, like it was the wife's stomach. Oh God! And me and my mom are just sitting there. I'm in tears. And my mom was like, "Yo, Drew, shut up, shut up, shut up." <laughs> you gave him, well, you gave imagine carrying somebody's baby and they dedicate <laughs> that to your. That's a waste of nine months. God you, damn. Yeah. <laughs> You were you were in the audience giving them those those soprano laughs, bro. I was <laughs> Robert De Niro in Cape Fear howling. <laughs> in the bro, back of the, theater. 
the moon heard me. I was crying so much. <laughs> With popcorn hanging out of your mouth. Yo, <laughs> That's ridiculous. I um I I just want to briefly um hop on what Orr said because I think it speaks to something that I worry about. It's just kind of like imposter syndrome. Like uh-huh. for me, you know, I didn't want to be a musician my whole life. So when I decided to do it, I was like, can I can I do this actually? You know what I mean? Um and uh especially when it comes to doing stuff besides like um especially when it comes to rapping because like I I have more honestly more raps than songs written at this point and and l has heard some of them but i feel like you know if i like went into a room and i was like yeah i'm a rapper people would be like <laughs> look at me like uh you sure about that so you know that's that's definitely something that i that i am afraid of i guess i would say is like not being taken seriously but jazz yeah jazz was the biggest fear as an artist um i feel that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And that sounds cliche, but if you think about it, fear stems from not knowing. And if we know that we don't know something, all we have to do is learn. Simple and sweet. I love it. Period. I love love, uh, the contradiction, like the, the contrast, I mean, of like, you gotta be so confident that you just got, you're not gonna be fearless. And then also that fear of like, what if people misinterpret? And I think like LD and Ori, you guys have like a similar thing of like people not understanding you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's also something that is like an effect of like being on social media and all that. And like, you know, when you expose your music to, it's not like you're like before where it was like you had a tape and, and, you shared it with like the people in your block or the people in your neighborhood or whatever it is. Um, now it's like people who like don't give a fuck about music or don't care about this. You don't care. Like people really become like really like snobs about things mm. that they don't know about, it's, especially if they're not in the creation process or they've never done that part of it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that like, if you have that, like Jazz said, like if you have like a certain level of like confidence in your work and, if you really hone in on it, it's like, if they don't get it, they weren't meant to get it. Mm. You know, like, it's not for you. And I think it's really important for people to understand not everything is going to be for everybody. Um, and the people who like it, great. And then that's it. You just, yeah. you just keep it pushing. And I actually, um, Apprentice will know what I'm talking about when I say this, but I, I disagree with, um, with Amir on this in that like he's of the mind that every single thing somebody records in the course of their life should come out at some point um and i'm like i don't agree with that i think i and and i'm sure he would explain it in a way that's probably more nuanced than what i'm giving him credit for um Mm -hmm. right now but i i think that it's it's totally okay to and and like granted i'm i'm happy that like i've heard some of max posthumous recordings Mm-hmm. But also, like, if I'd never heard them, I never would have known that I didn't hear them. So I wouldn't have lost yeah. anything. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. The same thing with, like, Prince and with Michael Jackson when that other album came out. You know, it's some of it's cool, but it's like, if I, I wouldn't have known what I didn't know, like Jasmine said. So um, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable sometimes that if you're, as an artist, you sometimes, like, a painter can paint something for themselves. They can paint a self-portrait that they just look at for their own confidence and everything. Mm-hmm. And recording artists can... <laughs> go ahead LD <laughs> yeah 
Now, I really just wanted to piggyback off that because I literally just like I rewatched the movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie, um, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. It's pretty nah. scripty. No, but I've heard it's of like, it. Yo, I'm not gonna lie. It's a good movie. It's it's like it's a little bit like you know out there sometimes. Like mm-hmm. they throw some corny comedy in there, but it's like the message behind it is basically like you know this guy that works for Life Magazine who processed all the pictures for the past 16 years for every issue. Mm-hmm. And they're firing him, mm-hmm. and he goes and tries to meet the photographer for the last still for you know the last issue, and he has to find him in like Afghanistan. And when he finds him, he's taking a picture of a snow leopard, which apparently is like a a animal that is never lets itself be seen. And he's sitting there with the camera and he's like, are you going to take the fucking picture? And he's like, sometimes I don't. Sometimes if I really like a moment, I just sit there and I just try to be in it as long as I can. Yeah. And I don't try to capture it because it'll ruin it for me. It's a distraction, the camera. And I, I really felt that when he said that, bro. That yeah. really hit home. How many yeah. times, bro, we go to a concert, we're holding the phone in front of our faces. Same. When, everything when, that we this life. <laughs> When, uh, when, when, uh, whoever, you know, ASAP Rocky is, is five feet in front of us rapping and sweating on us, bro. Like, but we're here, like, it's there. It's right. <laughs> it's in front of you. I remember when I, I went to Afropunk, that was the first concert I'd ever been to in 2018. And it had this wild lineup, Jesse Reyes, Smino, her, Daniel Caesar popped in, uh, and then Miguel at the end. Miguel is a crazy performer. Miguel is out of this world. Miguel came out there like like Chuck Berry, bro. It was he had like this this lime green suit on, and he he looked like Jim Carrey in the mask. It was crazy, and I recorded some of it so I could post it on Instagram. But I really found myself enjoying the spectacle of it just for me. There yeah. were bats flying around in Prospect Park for whatever or wherever we. I don't know if it was Prospect Park. I think we were in, uh, uh, I don't know what park it was. I don't know Brooklyn, but there were bats as it got darker. City, there were literal bats flying around the stage, and um. And there was a girl uh, during Miguel's set, some woman was next to me screaming at the, at the highest possible pitch. Like it sounded like she was like drilling into my ear. I loved every second of it. So like, <laughs> I think that that's, um, that's really important what you, what you said there, Al. Um, How y'all feel about Pop Smoke's Posthumous album that 50 Cent is doing? That once Justin oh, I didn't put that out that. there, when, when he says something about Prince and Michael Jackson, Posthumous, we just lost them in February and he was this kid on the rise and he was great. So, and I know Orr from Brooklyn, I see your hands up, <laughs> but how do y'all feel about this coming out? Because he was so young and we wanted more from him. Mm. Would I that think, apply? Uh, I don't, I, that's a really slippery slope with, you know, if an artist passes away, then their work is still being released because the post-production process to an album is very important. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. So, and you, you know, I would like to know that the artist had a final say in what goes out to us. And knowing that they're not here and that final product is someone else, you know, now putting it, I, I never agreed with that. So, you know, mm. I, I tend not to listen to those albums. I'm like, I, I don't want to mm. know. It feels weird. It feels it disrespectful. Feels really mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's kind of, it feels like reading my diary. Like, I don't want, like, I wrote it. So it's like, oh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. she would have wanted it. But it's like, no, I don't want that. Right yeah. Now. And, and they're not there to protect that art. Yeah. Or they, and they can't take anything back. That's the other thing. Like, yeah. they might have, I mean, I hear Mac Miller has literally volumes of music sitting, you know, recorded and unfinished. Some, you know, he was just, and that makes sense because the dude was, he was what, 26? And he had like however many mixtapes and EPs and albums. He was pr- crazy prolific, but like, you don't know if all that stuff he was satisfied with even. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's it is a slippery slope. I think that's a great way to put it. Or of like, 
you want, you know that the fans miss this person. You want to share their art with the fans, but sometimes, honestly, the, like who cares about the fans? Like, I think in, in a way, I don't think I fans don't, think don't matter. <laughs> Like I don't think they actually do it for the fans. They they're they're capitalizing on the fact that this person has passed, and mm. because like once an artist dies, they are so much more valuable. True. You know, like money wise, so they do that in order. Like it's like, damn, even dead, you're squeezing so much uh, money out of an out of an artist. I'm you know? sure. Like, I, I'm crazy. yeah. I'm sure Amir is going to be screaming listening to this, <laughs> wishing he could. <laughs> He could chip in, but yeah, I, I I think you all we you know you all make good points. Um, if uh, no one else had anything to add, I was going to move on to my third question. I just wanted to ask, like, let's say or LD Jasmine, any of y'all tomorrow you get tapped to perform, uh, you get tapped for a gig at a major performance outlet, like any of the ones you can think of. Um, what is the one place venue? or a studio that you would want to perform at. I can, I can, I can kind of, I can start, you know, if, if, Please, uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, honestly, for me, I think the big one, the end game really is Afropunk. And I know there are bigger venues. Why would that be the end game? I just think I love the energy, bro. And I, I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm biased because it was my first concert and I got to see the people I saw, but I think that it's such, it's just such a like, Afro black and brown, Afro yeah. positive, like it's just everything. Like Afro punk in Brooklyn in the park, or like if it gets bigger, Afro punk in like the Garden or uh, MetLife or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have it in Atlanta too. I'd love an mm. excuse to go to Atlanta. I mean, I know it's hot down there, but like, you know, um, they got good food. So good I just, I just think that Afro punk is really, really dope. Um, but if it wasn't going to be that, I, you know, like I also like Color Studios. I think that's cool. You know, I just like how that looks. Uh, uh, that's dope. I, I think, I, like Aura said, I really like live shows. I had my first one in August last year, and it's intoxicating. So, like, I would want to be able to, to, to feed off the um, audience. So that's where I'm at. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> um, I think it's hard. I don't, know, I don't know the location, but, like, I, I would love to perform in front of thousands of people. I, I don't know what location, though. Like, I'm not... That's something I never thought about, but mm, uh, gotcha. And yeah, my parents and my grandparents because they never seen me perform, so I just know it has to be in front of thousands of people. But my grandparents and parents have to be there because they've never seen me perform. So I just really want that. Yeah, we we, we got any tiny desk fans on the line though? Like anyone want to chill out? I love it. <laughs> that's end game for me. To be NPR. That's yeah. that's my vibe. Like, <laughs> Talking soft into the microphone. Right, right, right. Massaging your ear. <laughs> That's me right there. Come on. But not for real. LD, you got an ASMR channel? <laughs> you should. Bro, I'm not going to lie, though. I do have, like, a fantasy venue that I want to perform at that doesn't exist anymore. But you got to hear me out and understand why I want to perform here. Hit like, me. the energy at this place. Have y'all ever heard of the Fillmore East? Mm-mm. No. Nah. Okay, so... The Fillmore East is a venue that is downtown Manhattan. Well, it used to be downtown Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's now a, like a Bank of America or some shit like that. But Boom. it was the last place that Jimi Hendrix performed at, I think. And like one of the, like they, they sell posters now for like $400 from Fillmore East, but they closed it. They like sold the building and everything. But the last performance had like Jimmy, the Beatles, 
had like it was like it it had like a uh, um, cream was there like Grateful Dead performed it and that was all in the same mm. night and it was only like a very small little auditorium set up like a very little small building first floor only you know really tight knit audience could seat maybe two thousand like fifteen hundred people but it was like the vibes I, stories that come from that venue people said like it was like the like besides playing a CBGB which also doesn't exist anymore that would be a goal of mine so you know sad though because they're fire. they're both gone we'll bring it back for you ld <laughs> jazzy um yeah so veggie veggie backing off of that um i just wanted to <laughs> like <laughs> i just wanted to like pay homage and like just acknowledge like the blessings that we have already received because like speaking about um the last place that Jimi hendrix has played that i was thinking about how i literally performed with my theater company at the National Cathedral in DC, which was in front of 4,000 people. And it was the last place that MLK did his last speech. And Fine. like just um, being in the energy of that, it was insane. The echo was insane too. Like there was a three second delay from the, from like the stage mm. all the way to the end. Um, so that was fire. So I just wanted to um, acknowledge like the blessings that we already have. Um, and thank you, Justin. I want to acknowledge you. Thank you for this question because my mind is already turning, and I'm like, yo, I don't have my, I don't have my dream um, venue yet. That's so, that's so important. Because I feel like once you, once you know what venue you're gonna be in, you're like, okay, well, now how do I make it there? Like then you right. take the action steps to get it there. So I really appreciate this question, um, and that's something that I'm honestly gonna have to research on, and I'm gonna do that right after I get that's off valid. this throw that on my vision board um but definitely wanted to be um somewhere international as well mm -hmm. too um definitely want international vibes um and it can be in front of thousands of people or it can literally like like be performing in front of prisoners like i'm like mm. i love all the different types of vibes and um sometimes i learn the most intimate performances you have are the ones that are like really really the deepest yeah I, that's beautiful. And um, what you said about vision boards is important. I have like a, a digital vision board almost. I keep a, a branding document that just has information about like EP name ideas, album name ideas, accessible collaborators, dream collaborators is a big list. There's a ton of people I want to work with. Um, and then I have uh, venues that I want to perform at and countries that I want to perform in. Um, and ultimately, one of my, uh, I mean, I've always wanted to go to Japan. It'd be great to perform in Tokyo someday. I want to go to Panama, Cuba, Ice Cube in Japanese on my shirt. <laughs> um, you know, I want to go to uh, 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 Rio, you know, all these different places. But um, one of my big things is I want to bring art back to Harlem. And I think that, um, you know, it's really, it, first of all, it's definitely feasible. It's starting to happen, but I think yeah. it's important. I mean, a lot of art in New York started here in Harlem. Um, you know, no disrespect, obviously hip hop was born in the Bronx and then grew up in Brooklyn, but jazz was here in, in Harlem. Like jazz, Harlem and Queens was, was jazz. Yeah, thank so, you for representing Queens. You, you, yeah, 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 I got you, I got you. <laughs> so, so. Um, no Harlem, love for Staten Island though. No love for Staten Island. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. They have like Wu Tang. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, but but so we have that here. We have poetry here. You know, Langston Hughes. We have all that stuff, and um, I think it's entirely possible to bring it back. 
Um, so building a theater here in Harlem, like in my neighborhood is, is a mm -hmm. major goal for me. Um, oh. a theater that either is like, it's multifaceted. So it's a, uh, it's a stage, it's for stage plays. It's, maybe it's for movies, maybe it's, you know, and then we have auditoriums or I build several according, but that's really something that I want to do. So Jude, do you have a, a final question before Abril, before we jump to, uh, our, our, uh, our let's our head to Abril. Thing? No, I was going to tell Apprentice that he should just go to that Apple bank where the where the theater used to be and just do a tiny dusk at that bank. <laughs> just, you know. <laughs> that's a whole vibe. Be, I might that's do a, that. That's a combination <laughs> of both worlds, you know. Do a, just do a take over the whole bank. The, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I looked it up. They ain't really changed the interior. They ain't really changed nothing. It's still Art Deco. There you go. There you, go. you got him scheming now. <laughs> Damn. Um, well, if, if neither my, of my, my last question, oh, but, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm good. I think I'm good though, actually. But, um, I can already tell by the, by who we're talking to and what they've already said when it came to posthumous work, uh, that they are very protective of their, um, they are very protective of their music to mm. push their career. So I think I'm good without that. I think these are, you know, excellent gotcha. artists and they're going to go very far and, they're protecting themselves, but know how to put out what is necessary for them to get to where they want to go. Fire. Okay. Um, well, let's we have, have some fun. <laughs> yeah. Let's, so let's get into like the kind of the fun part of it. We have like 15, 20 minutes left. Um, something that kind of came up while we were getting ready for the show is this idea of unpopular opinions. Uh, we did one got to go on our, on our last music oriented episode, but that's something that you kind of have to prepare ahead of time. I think we can all come up with, one or two yeah. unpopular opinions on the spot uh, related to the music industry, um, to specific musicians, to artists or whatever. I'll start with one. It's kind of, it's not like, it's not anything real controversial, but I just know that maybe a lot of people don't think this. I think that Kendrick Lamar's best album is Damn. It's solid. I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. That's yeah, the best. No, is better. Because you're jazzy, you're a jazzy nigga. Yeah, that's the one, man. He, that's the one where it's like, oh, like every idea he had was executed perfectly. Like, I think that's the one. Yeah, and it's and it's valid. I feel like I I was I was saying I said to people, um, I think section eighty through to Pimp a Butterfly is a trilogy. All of those are kind mm -hmm. of uni united mm -hmm. in one theme, and I think Damn is the start of something new. Oh. And um, I think I like it's I just think it's so like. It's so, I mean, talk about epic. It's, it's, it went, I was listening to, um, I've listened to some of the Dissect. There's a podcast. I mean, you know, they have a lot more followers than we do, but um, a podcast called Dissect on Spotify and Apple Music. They take an album per season and break it down. And so I listened to a few episodes on, mm -hmm. on, on Damn, and I was like, wow. Like, yeah, me too. E even all the things that I thought I knew were in here, there's more. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's my semi-unpopular, you know, softball opinion. But I know, I mean, Orr was saying some stuff before we, before we started recording. Uh, <laughs> or if Jude, if you have something, you know. Uh, you see the hat, you know the vibes. I think the West Coast <laughs> has taken over hip-hop in the last, like, 10, 15 years. Mm. And they've outdone the East Coast ever since. Like, ever since, like, ever since TDE came out. The West Coast is taking over. Nah, Griselda's bringing it back. Oh, not nah, you know what? I, you know what? I, <laughs> so I, I just, these niggas out there from a borough. You know they from, you know they from upstate, right? 
Yeah, I know they're from Buffalo. That's still East Coast. I'm still like, <laughs> they still New York. Park. They still here. They still the gritty. Yeah, well, Yo, that's, the, that's the that's thing about. Fact. That's, that's a fact. A, that's the thing about East Coast versus West Coast is I feel like it's just New York versus California. Like no one's nah, talking yeah. about that's rappers. That's exactly what it is. No one's talking about rappers from Florida. Like, <laughs> no, nah, that's the South. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just, that's that's where you get. They into. were before they got arrested because we all know Florida man doesn't stay free for too long. <laughs> Big yeah, facts. that's where you get into Gucci Mane and Migos and all them from like ATL and yeah. But mm-hmm. LA, I think, has just reigned supreme now. Griselda, now now that or brought back to my attention, and I've been a big Griselda fan and big Griselda advocate throughout HBO. Yeah, check the back catalog. <laughs> you know, check check it. But um, nah, it's just what what I've heard. The amount of work that they put out compared to most artists in New York, because I can't name a solid good five rappers from New York City specifically. From New York fair. City specifically in the last like 10, 15 years. And you I will hear you know, Mano's new mixtape. Come on, man. Huh? You don't listen to Mano. Mano? <laughs> you don't listen to Mano, man? Who? Mano? From Love and Hip Hop? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I don't know don't who that is. Cassidy, man. Um I I know you have some hot takes. My hot take is that if Beyonce wanted to, she could be a better rapper than a lot of the most popular male rappers right what now. What about her husband? I think she could challenge Jay-Z. <laughs> I think she could. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, it's hot. I, I got to turn this the AC on so again. Much. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Yo, Justin got to go get some tea. Can you go to you the just put the quick? unpopular into unpopular opinion. <laughs> Yo. Well, what I does mean, it honestly, about it? Honestly, how like how could she not because like if she's been with him for that long she's obviously learned a lot of things on top of the artistry and creative creativity and all the all that experience she has before that like at, listen i i wouldn't put it past her that's what i'm saying i'm like, a believer if she of tried it, I, I wouldn't put it past her if she did i'm not saying she could like that, that she will be better than him if she were to do it but she got. She, Bro, I, I you know got, what? You know what Beyonce did. Beyonce did to Meg The Stallion what Kendrick did to Big Sean on Control. When Beyonce hopped on on the Savage remix, she ethered that record, bro. She rapped she in, in three different flows almost, and yeah, yeah, and she yeah, sang yeah. on top of that. She was like, "Cause Megan, I know you can't sing, baby. So let me just do this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let basically. me just show you what this Honestly, record could sound like." <laughs> But that I think that just goes to show her remix to the Savage song. I swear to God, I have this conversation with my friends. She was probably just bored in the house, bored in the house, bored. Yeah, so yeah. Like, right. Let me just go to my studio. Absolutely, my she sounds like she's having so much fun on that. If that's what she did, just for and she didn't even promote it or anything. And I'm like, and she, it still did the numbers that it did. I'm like, wow, you know what? She can do whatever she wants. Yeah, <laughs> except act. Beyonce needs no promotion. Ooh. Yonsei is just needs Yonsei. Yeah. You can't act though. Jude's right. <laughs> that is that is correct. Everyone has a flaw. You um, know, Dream Girls. Dream Girls was probably her best performance. I mean, she was good in that. But I don't know about when she played the lion. I heard wow. that it kind of it's very weird hearing Beyonce's voice come out yes. of the lion of photo Every time, every time Nala spoke, I'm like, it's Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce? Uh Jazz, do you have any? unpopular opinions um yeah i don't know how unpopular it is and no disrespect because she's literally the love of my life too 
Um, but I think Rihanna's a good singer, but she is not a vocalist. Like, she has made a lot of great hits. She has, yo, why just, just don't kill me. It's She's not, made a it's, lot of great hits. No, it's, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> that's okay, nice okay. at all. We're all in agreement. <laughs> She, no, she knows what she's doing. She ha she's made a lot of great hits. She's touched every genre. She knows how to make a box, mm -hmm. but she's not a vocalist. <laughs> and I don't know if she's gonna. Everybody, ever everybody, that look album. at Abril's background right now. I just, I just want you to see what she did. She what put up she that meme of that chick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I love, love April so much for that. Yeah, it's so messy. No, yeah, let's hope Rihanna don't hear this or, or, yeah. um, or any of the well, other people we're talking about. But it's fine. I'm sure Rihanna is probably never going to make another album anyway. So. Can you imagine Rihanna's a fan of the pod and this is where she drops off? She's, like, <laughs> She's been listening <laughs> low-key from her burner account for the whole, the whole 10 Yo, episodes. Imagine. Being um, a Savage Fenty shoot, they'd be like, what are you doing listening to Angel? <laughs> if that was the case, I would think we'd have more than 200-some followers by now, but um, we'll get there. But I think that's valid to say, Jasmine. Solid, I, yeah. I, I think that, like... Is she yeah, constantly I'm, trained? Um, I don't no. think so. I think maybe she started to get training as she as she mm -hmm. blew up. I mean, like, she lost her accent and everything. Um, but I don't think she's, like... She wasn't... I don't know if she was doing, like, Beyonce stuff, like, running on treadmills and heels, you know, with, with the rest of mm -hmm. Destiny's Child so that she could learn how to riff while doing choreography. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's levels to this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, or you can, I know you're going to have like, we left you for last, I think, because you really got the bombs. So. <laughs> or is, whoa. Um, you know, it's going to be hard to say. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I do not musically enjoy Lauren Hill, Tupac, or Dr. Dre. Why you had to throw three? Why you had to throw all three? Fuck out of here. I need to encapsulate everything. So I'm like, I'm just gonna say, yeah. Good God. <laughs> I, every time I listen, I'm like, yeah, no. Really? So no, no, nothing but a G. I'm really upset. No, man. No, Lauren Hill. You don't know, you don't like a single Lauren Hill song? She has a show No, I shows. definitely, I'm like, I can hear, like, these are great songs, but, you know, I just don't enjoy it. You're not going back and listening to Lauren Hill over. Bro, here. you oh, gotta no. listen to Soleil. I'm gonna send you some links, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna send you some links, and you're gonna change your mind. And that's how that's gonna go. <laughs> you're not gonna oh. sit here. We're not even gonna sit here and act like you did not fan Eminem over oh, those. No, <laughs> no, Eminem. Yo, bro, I, never, a... I never jacked him. Nope, he's trash. You never jacked Eminem either. He's trash. No, we're about he's to get like, this nigga like, Now you're blasphemer, bro. No, 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 no. He's the meaning of like, man, you not saying nothing. What are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> and I'll give him uh, maybe uh, one album I did like the Marshall Mathers uh, LP. The first, I was like, all right, that was pretty good. Yeah. But other respect, than that, respect. I'm like, all right, this dude, he literally just rhymes words. Like, yeah. What he's... are you talking about? Okay. Or okay. Or him. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me let me preface my response by saying that again, I already told y'all I didn't listen to rap growing up, so all those Eminem albums missed me, went over my head. Everything missed really... you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I... Just... You're right. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I didn't really, but I always knew who Eminem was and I knew why people liked him. The first kind of Eminem verse that I listened to that I was like, okay, I get it. And it was a later one. It was really after he, when he's in his like retirement phase was, um, Rap uh, no, with Big Sean. No oh, favors. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. that was fine. That was fine though. His verse on that is, is lethal. Now, 
No, no, no. Or I'm not. I will Sean's not tolerate Big too. Sean slander. I will not tolerate Big Sean. <laughs> Big Sean's trash. Wait, or okay. I'm sorry, Justin. Or who is trash? Like, give me it's your five a trash. List, man. It's a long list. Give me of a, a five list of trash. Just high name garbage like legends. Like, <laughs> how old? So Eminem trash. Big Sean trash. Uh, Jesus up? trash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You got to give me some stuff so I can be like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think um, that. Well, how do you feel about Drake? Uh, you know, I I don't know. Like, I'm still like, I remember nah, I went through nah, a phase. Nah, nah. No, because look, like early Drake, I love Drake. I thought like, oh, he's definitely the future of hip hop. Like, I really was into it. Then I stopped liking him. Now I'm just like, you know what? No, I was an early fan. Bro, bro, let me, let me tell you something. And this is, maybe this is my other unpopular opinion. Big Sean is just as good a rapper as Drake. No. 100%. When you really listen to the way they write and the way they rap, they're on the same level. Drake is now interested in making pop records, which is cool. I have a lot of Drake on my, on my phone. You know I have what a lot I'm of Big Sean on my phone. I think at their, at their, at their prime, they are, they're pretty much equal. That's how I feel. No, Big Sean reminds me of that kid in class. Like when they start talking, it's like, yeah, can you be quiet? We, we're not trying to hear from you. <laughs> Every time they start talking, it's just like, yeah, we don't want to hear that. Like, did not just pissy Chris. <laughs> Chris Sean, he is not a pissy Chris. Come yes. on. It's like, look, man, I'm, I'm not trying to hear that. You just, you just nah. put, you just put your 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 palm on Big Sean's forehead while he's trying to swing at you. <laughs> That's what you just did. Yo, wait, did you just call him Roger from Sister Sister? <laughs> Basically, bitch on is go home, Roger. <laughs> that, that's it. Go home. Not, not for nothing. Nothing got better for Marcus Houston after that point. Just you got served? What are you talking about? You got served, man? That wasn't even. You got on, served? That was first off. First off, let's acknowledge the fact that that was written and directed by Chris Stokes. Yes. Yeah, not very a good thing for everyone yes. involved. Chris Stokes. If we know. Me too. Yeah, we know. But at the same time. I don't know. I mean, he had a lot of potential. A lot of them had potential, man. That's 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 a that's a whole another conversation. classic record. Omarion was the only one that really did, didn't. He went unaffected. Oh, what did you oh ask, Jude? God. Uh, uh, Jazz, who's your on your list of trash? Like, I need some hot shit from you, because you're, cause we're over here dying. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't really listen to trash, so I I wouldn't like I don't indulge in talk, like everything top tier. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not gonna put it in my ears. I'm like I went through a stage in high school where I literally listened to only Kendrick for probably six months. Like straight up, the only thing I put in my same, earphones. Same. Like that. Like I'm not gonna sit there and yeah. So yeah. I don't really have much to say, but I'm enjoying the laughs. Enjoying yeah. The laughs. Well. Sheesh. I mean, I feel like I did a workout with that. Everything that just transpired in the last, um, <laughs> in this conversation. Um, or we didn't, we, we don't even have time to dig into the Tupac thing because I feel like if we open Yo, up that can of worms, that is whole episode. he raps like Barney. I bro. I bro. So you are, you are excommunicated now. <laughs> you are officially excommunicated. Somebody kicking my head. Good night. <laughs> Yo. As our friend, as our friend X likes to say, have a good night. <laughs> no, what about him as a person? Like, 
as a person, I love that. That's the thing I love about Tupac. Like, I think he was very, like, revolutionary and, like, monumental. But the music, yeah, you can stop recording, man. (laughs) (laughs) He did. What about his acting, bro? Like, damn. Bro, you're going to have a mob outside your house by Tuesday. I promise you. You need to chill. So wait, oh man. LD, LD got hitters in, in Brooklyn, even though he's in, in Maryland right now. He, Don't make yo. me call my Black Panther Cub family. <laughs> yeah, like, what about the best borough? The best borough. I was going to ask out that. Of rappers. I was actually going to ask that. Out, out of all wait. of your collective experience, like in, in addition to what Jude is asking, who, which borough has produced the best recording artists in your personal experience? Queens. 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 You know, I used to always be like, oh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. But Queens, I love, like, every rapper. That I, like, Queens, yeah, I kind of. Tribe, okay. LL, Nas, so, Mob. Yeah, Mob Deep, man. That's what really makes me be like, no, mm. Queens is it. Go so ahead. I thought you were going to ask. I thought you were going to ask who, like, who we like from Queens. But there's so many, you know. Who do you like from Queens? Can't even. We, but, love um, you, we love you, LD. No, 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 no. I was going to say that one of my favorite rappers from Queens, like, besides, like, the, you know, the heavy hitters, is um, Heems. And That's Racist. Uh, oh, like, That's, that's Racist, racist is funny. the band, right? And then Heems is, like, one of the people from there. Mm-hmm. He is who I, that, That's Racist and Heems was who I was listening to all of high school. And Childish Gambino. Like those were the only ones on rotation. Mm-hmm. You got you got any smoke for for Childish Gambino or? Uh, that that's he's another. I love I love Childish. Gambino. Oh, I. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you choosy. You definitely. You choosy. I'm not choosy. very particular. You know. You have you have me on the list. You have me on the ledge there. Um, so what do you think about YG or? He, he come on after his first album he was repeating himself. I'm not trying to listen to that. Oh, honey. <laughs> um, you know, you know how we like to do on that note here at HBO. Um, we always like to end on a positive note. So uh, everybody take, yeah, you know what time it is. If you've listened to our, if you've listened to our show before, we like to go down our songs of the week, things we've been listening to that have kept us moving, uh, new things we discovered, uh, anything like that. So um, I can go first. Um, I'll say as an honorable mention, Black dropped a little uh, EP that I thought was pretty good. Oh, yeah. um, that was fire. I've been getting back into Fela Kuti though, uh, the black president as they call him. So uh, I'm sure, or, or if, you, if you like jazz and world music. Yeah, you know Fela who, Kuti, yeah. legend, yeah. legend. So um, Water No Get Enemy, that's like, that's like number one. Um, I would also say Nux is this British rapper. Bro, I'm really getting into this British rap scene. I don't know why. It's just I'm preparing for my trip to South London, bruv. Um, <laughs> and um, I, yeah, and 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 Nux uh, is this great rapper. He has this song "Rice and Stew." I don't know if I've mentioned that before. If I have, then um, "Wedding Rings" is the song that I'll pick. And finally, "Lucky Day." I didn't know. No one told me he put out an uh, an extended album. Uh, he re-released his album with more songs, and he extended "Ready for Love." which is one of my favorite Lucky Day songs. So Ready for Love, the extended edition, uh, has been in rotation heavy. Oh, yeah. Also still Chloe X Halley. <laughs> uh, Jude, you got yours? Uh, yeah, I got um, that dude with that song with the, he had, he had a ski mask on. His, uh, his name is RMR, the, it was a rascal. 
But um, mm-hmm. his song that I'm putting on is uh, Welfare with West Side Gun. Shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, another joint I got is another feature of Griselda, or is proving his point, <laughs> is uh, Diabolical by uh, Slater with uh, Benny the Butcher. And then Benny. I will have to go, and then I'll have to go with uh, Make It Rain from Pop Smoke. Good choices, good choices. Abril, you have your three songs of the week? Hell yeah. Um, Black Parade. Beyonce, gotcha. um, Ade Gold, uh, something different, um, and I like him by Princess Nokia. Fire, fire! How about our guests, Jasmine? You know, you have your uh, your little addition to our playlist. Yeah, um, I was listening to a lot of Toki Lala, which is this dope Cameroon artist who I met via YouTube, and we've been chatting it up. Her music is super fire. It makes me want to dance, feel good. Um, been listening to a lot of Kendrick. Um, cut you off um, because mental health is like the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and King Kunta for the joy. Um, um, and then I would say third would be um, Lyrical Bliss. She has a self-love mantra that I've just been singing ongoing and I love it. <laughs> Got you. Or um, he's gonna be like Miles Davis, Thelonious Monk. This is a rapper out of Brooklyn. His name is Mike. Uh, his song "What's Home." Oh yeah, Mike. That's, that's, that's him. Mike. That's <laughs> uh, and then I just heard this song by BK the Ruler. Uh, a girl is a gun. It's a dope mm. song. And then uh, the band by Black Noise. Copy. These are, I haven't heard of most of these songs, so I'm excited. Um, and LD, you can close us out with your selections. Um, well, I definitely have been listening to like a really diverse, like I've been, I've been diving into my ability to listen to different type of music at the same playlist. So mm-hmm. I've been going from like Brent Fias mm-hmm. to like Marvin Gaye, which is the complete opposite, but they sound <laughs> similar. Mm-hmm. But their message is the complete opposite. Yeah. But I think my my three songs that I've been listening to, like on repeat, I probably have to say Sad Tomorrow's Marvin Gaye. That's just, I suggest everybody just go and cry and listen to that right now. As you um, probably a Cocky Girl by Steve Lacey, just because it's just Love so some Steve Lacey. It's a very short song too, but I love short songs. That's my, they'd be the goal. <laughs> and uh, Boy is a Gun by uh, Tyler the Creator, oddly enough, because that melody just like, kills me bro like he once he found his sound i love what he's doing with his music now bro because he really found like he knows what he wants to do and you can hear it so i've been listening mm-hmm. to a lot of tyler as well beautiful anybody been listening to more mozart since you found out he's he was black or whatever is <laughs> yeah still don't slap it still don't slap listen bro i've been oh, there's another one there's another legend that, that or burning <laughs> thinks he's trash That's a wrap for us today, beloveds. If you want more hashtag Uptown Love, you can find our episodes new and old on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. As always, we thank you for kicking it with us. Um, Tune in next time. Jude and I are going to be switching up the formula. We're going to chill out with guests for a little bit, and we're going to do... There's a lot of black movies I haven't seen, so we need to Yo, this nigga never seen Juice or Friday. Yeah. You're lying. He's from Harlem. (laughs) Never seen (laughs) Harlem. Yeah, all of this, so there's some there's some stuff that we gotta get into and I'm excited for it. 
happy 4th of July if that's something that you celebrate. But we rep Juneteenth over here, dog. Right, not feeling very American on the 4th of July. Right. <laughs> and barbecue a motherfucking barbecue, niggas. Is and also, it's been 4th of July every night, bro. If any of y'all listening to this podcast are the ones setting yo. up those fireworks, Come on. stop it. <laughs> Some of them just ain't fireworks. I'm just saying. Somebody letting off the 40 blocks. <laughs> With that, we are out. Blessings and blackcellence, everybody. Be easy. Till next time. Peace. Peace, homies. Thank you all. Grrrr. <laughs>